0: At least in the countryside, power wires extend by hanging alongside roads from post to post. You have seen this. And one of the constant battles that is presented is with the branches and trees that also grow alongside the roads. Pablo, from our San Juan Diego Ministry, among the Hispanic community, he works trimming trees so that wires may not be caught by the branches and the power, and, the, and people won't lose power. So Pablo spends his whole days, all his days from beginning to end, up on the lift and he's trimming trees so that power may circulate. But when he comes down from the lift to the ground level, Pablo also continues to do the same work with other men from Molala, from that community. He has been one of those who went to open this new place, this new community. He's been missioning and visiting people door by door and inviting them to this retreat. Paulo has an innocent joy about himself, a gentle straightforwardness for the men, a simplicity and humility that is very, very compelling for all of them. Everyone, it always catches my attention that everyone wants to be with him. Everyone wants to be around Pablo. However, every time I see him, I have to remind myself where Pablo came from. Pablo fought for many years an alcohol abuse. He lost his family twice because of his carelessness and it seemed that there was no hope, no third chance for him, until he encountered Christ, and he began to follow him. As a disciple, Pablo has been completely transformed. It's amazing, it seems that there's nothing left of that old man, and I'm sure that internally he fights with many of these things, but you can see from the outside the amazing transformation. It is in those moments when I ask myself, how is this possible? Where does such an amazing and positive change come from? And I think that on the one hand we look at our lives and those around us and change seems to be very common. People change all the time. We change all the time. You know, we can quickly change things we like or we don't like. We change an idea of something that we support. We change you know, where we're going or if we don't go to a place. To some degree, we seem to be very feeble in our convictions, we seem to be very weak and be able to change them quickly. We seem fickle in our decisions at times and very flaky at other times. However, deep down, we seem to be very stable. Our temperament, our character, our deeper convictions are not so easily changed. Rain and shine and the circumstances may change, but you know, we are still strong in our position. When there are deeper convictions and form a part of our character, we could say. In today's gospel and readings in general, we see the transformation of discipleship and the beginnings of the making of a disciple. We see a depiction in the life of John, Andrew, and Peter of the power of discipleship and the transformation that can happen in the life of a person from deciding to follow Christ with all their hearts and minds. Jesus calls them to follow him, to be his disciples. And it is in this relationship that the most amazing transformations happen, in that relationship with Christ. This is what we call grace, the most powerful instrument of transformation in our lives. Change in these deep convictions of ours in our temperament, are the greatest proof of the power of grace and the work of the Holy Spirit, that we are able to change, and at times so quickly and radically, in those deep convictions. A huge sign that God is at work and what grace can do in our lives. If you think about it, a change that is so colorful, the weak becoming strong, The strong becoming more gentle, the enthusiastic becoming more constant, the intellectual more people-oriented, and the social person more silent and interior. You have all kinds of change, all kinds of transformation through grace. Peter from his self-confidence to his total trust in God as he died crucified, John from his youthfulness to being a father of many and taking ownership of a whole community and so many people who depended upon him. Andrew, from his outgoing spirit and connecting with others to dying in silence for Christ. And there's many living examples of this principle, even among us, of the amazing transformations that happen through grace, in discipleship. Christ comes and invites us to follow him. And as we follow him in our lives, an incredible transformation happens. It is also true that time is a big factor of change. Time does change us. As we grow with the passing of years, we learn more, we become wiser we start having more experience, we could say, about things. However, even though some things do change, some other things get more deeply ingrained in us. Don't we experience that? Sometimes with the passing of time, it's not that I'm changing more or, or you know, growing in my life, but I'm growing more, more and more stubborn. So there's an aspect of that transformation that, of course, is progressive and goes through time, as God also uses those circumstances to continually work in us. And in this regard, I think that change and transformation seems to be very slow. It's a slow, progressive action of grace in our lives. It's continuous, we could say. On the other hand, there's also leaps to that stable line. A discontinuity of growth, we could say. When God gives a special grace, the person is encouraged by the possible, positive outcome of, of being faithful, and they jump. They go for it. They grow, we grow in this way. So was the case of Peter in the reading that we just read today. He received that invitation it was probably outside of all his safety net and and you know his reasoning and all these things all of a sudden the messiah is here what this is about but there's something from all his faithfulness from all his reading of the scriptures from everything that he knew there's something in him that tells him this is it this is it you need to jump and he goes and once he goes and meets christ his whole life changed and uh, a big transformation happened in him at that moment. And when he walked out of the boat and walked on water and so on in his life. So was the case of Pablo that I was telling you about. You know, all these things, you know, all these people who visited him, all these people who invested in him. And they saw no change in him until that retreat came around. And in one day, just like that, he quit drinking, and then his whole life would change after that. So there's a progressive, continuous growth that grace uses through time, but there's also some leaps of this continuity to that in the life of a disciple. Disciple always begins with an intentional decision as we see in the gospel today. God calls to discipleship, as Jesus called the disciples today. He calls in order to draw out a response from us. And he calls in many different ways. I am sure that those who are following Christ, you can point out so many different reasons or ways that the Lord called you. In order to inspire in us a decision. Discipleship is intentional or or is not at all. It's not discipleship at all. You know, he calls out of the crowd to intentionally follow him as he did with the disciples. And for a while we might walk in the crowd. And we might just, you know, participate and and grow up in the faith. But there's always a moment when the Lord calls us to follow him, to be his disciples. And this is not only at the beginning, but also with all the subsequent steps in our lives the Lord confronts us always with that decision-making so that we may not lose our intentionality in discipleship. He wants to draw a response from us so that we may remain intentional in deciding constantly to follow him. Once we have decided to be his disciples, that transformation happens by a combination of active and passive faces we see that the first two disciples are very active at first. Just from the verbs that we read in the gospel today. They heard, they followed, they said, they went, they saw. But then once Jesus says, come and see, the gospel says that they went and stayed with him. They just remained with him. They spent that whole day with him. But then Andrew goes back into motion after that encounter, and he finds his brother and tells him about it. And then he brought him to Jesus. Active and passive faces when we are changing and when we are also being changed. And that always happens in those who have decided to follow Jesus. A passive transformation that is done by the Holy Spirit in us but that invites us to be active and to be set in motion and to fight to grow. Finally, we see the need of instruments in this transformation of discipleship. God's emissaries, his agents of change. Those who can point us in the right direction, they can propose challenges that we haven't contemplated, who can be an example and a living encouragement on the way, and also a progressive silent influence of the grace of God that is at work in them and in us. So there's a need for those instruments so that we may influence one another and inspire transformation in one another. Such was the case of Eli for Samuel, as we read in the first reading today. But then Samuel in return for David, the king, as he anointed him and gave him counsel. John the Baptist to the first disciples, and among them Andrew for Peter, and Peter was an influence for Mark and many others. This need for God's instruments of grace points to the reality that is not just An improvement of ourselves. It's not just our own work that we can do with our own willpower, but a change that comes from the outside, from someone with capital S, someone other than ourselves. A true transformation, a change in the right direction, a transformation we can trust because it comes from him through his agents agents of change. So I think we can draw three conclusions tonight, three things that we can learn from this making of a disciple that Jesus invites us to. In the first place, I think it renews us in hope to, to listen to this gospel, to listen to this transformation that happens through discipleship. I think it renews, renews us in the hope that we are not stuck, that we can continue to, to move in Argentina, and I'm here, I'm sure here too. There's two, very, two sort of similar animals used to, you know, being in the mountain. One is a horse, and another one is a mule. When the mule doesn't want to walk, they will not walk. There's no way of moving them. It doesn't matter how much you try, you're not going to move the mule, unless you like really know how to. But the horse, if you know how to we can it will be faithful and it will move we are not mules we are horses that's that's a good it's not the best analogy but we there's hope there's hope of of transformation in us and maybe you say sometimes i don't seem to be moving but there is a transformation that happens that progressive one and the leaps that the lord invites us to we are not stuck we can be renewed in hope in this night in the second place, don't lose hope for others. Transformation is possible. I know that I fail in this many times. Sometimes I say, this person is not going to change. And then the Lord cannot use me as an instrument anymore. And he, Thankfully, he uses someone else. And the person does change. Don't lose hope for others. People do change. And in the third place, we can ask ourselves, what's my next step? Do not lose intentionality. Decide to grow. Don't just like grow with the years, with that constant faithfulness, which is great. But also decide to grow. Be intentional in your growth in discipleship. John, Andrew, and Peter, what an amazing testament to this. What became of them was an amazing transformation in their lives until... They went through such a transformation that they almost transitioned very smoothly into heaven because of the transformation that had happened here on earth. Let us commit also ourselves to this great transformation, to the making of a disciple.